What if you could complete your MBA in just one year? Thanks to the College of Charleston School of Business, now you can. Their accelerated MBA program condenses a traditional two-year program into one rigorous year, ensuring you not only save a year of tuition and fees, but also re-enter the workforce quickly and graduate with critical business knowledge. U.S. News & World Report recognized the College of Charleston MBA as number one in the country for its job placement rate within three months of graduation. Learn more at mba.cfc.edu. Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning, and welcome to Beyond the Business, brought to you by the College of Charleston School of Business. The College of Charleston School of Business, where students are beyond ready to work, they're ready to make an impact. Each Saturday morning at 9, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the Lowcountry talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. Now your hosts of Beyond the Business, Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood. And great Saturday morning, Low Country. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Business, heard here on 94.3 and simulcast on iHeartRadio. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Cox, here with the lovely and talented Leslie Haywood. We're so glad to have another edition of Beyond the Business, presented by the College of Charleston School of Business, where students are beyond ready to work. They're ready to make an impact. Leslie, you ready to make an impact today? I'm ready to make an impact. I'm making an impact today. Go Let's, for it. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And make sure Low Country to continue the fun beyond Saturday mornings. And come visit us on our Facebook page, Beyond the Business, and on Twitter at BTBCHS. So what is another Saturday? Here we are. We're rocking and rolling. It's hard to believe that we're halfway through the summer and halfway through the year. This year's flying by. It's crazy. It is. It is. It 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 is is crazy. But we aren't halfway through beyond the business because it still keeps on rolling. Eight years, right? Yes, week in and week out. And what an amazing story we had last week. Um, If you did not get a chance to check it out, uh, go to our website at coastalwm.com or go to Spotify or iTunes and type in Beyond the Business and check out Mr. Andy McCarthy. Andy is the Director of Organizational Design for the Building People. And more importantly, he's a a serial entrepreneur, but he's a wonderlust dude who's traveled the world and had all kinds of cool experiences. And Andy, we appreciate you coming back to uh, rejoin us today to tell the rest of your story. Absolutely. Happy to be here. It's always fun to reminisce back on those old fun times. Well, you seem to have a lot of them, so we appreciate that. And, uh, you know, as we were talking in, in last week's segment, I don't want to give all of it away, but, um, you know, you've, you've, you've literally traveled the world. You've, you've left the States to go live abroad several times and ended up back and, and finally jumped into an entrepreneurial venture. And your first one was uh, with a couple of buddies. Uh, y'all started the King of Pops. And uh, ultimately that led to an exit. I think as we were leaving last week, we we're really talking about kind of your lessons that you learned in your first entrepreneurial venture. Um, so if you don't mind, let's kind of pick up with that and, and uh, give our listeners a little more insight as to um, why you got in that venture and then why you exited that first venture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, got into that venture really because wanted to do something on my own. Um, I'm just naturally not the type of person that likes to be told what to do. Um, so figured I might as well might as well do my own thing. Um, and so King of Pops was a super fun company. I got to work with good friends of mine for a number of years. We grew the company from one popsicle cart in Atlanta to um, 
you know, selling millions of dollars worth of popsicles around the Southeast. So it was a, a really fun company. Um, and uh, one of the things, one of the other companies we started was one called Perfect Ten Foods, uh, where we worked with other local food companies and helped distribute their products to grocery stores. And so I ran that venture for a number of years. And one of the things I really got to do a lot of was just work with other business owners and help them, one, get their, their products in the stores. But it really turned into, you know, how do we figure out how to grow our company? You know, what What's the vision for the group? Um, how do we get in front of more people? How do we hire people appropriately? And it turned into much more of a consultative type position, uh, which was super fun. Well, tell so, us, what is the secret? How do you do that? <laughs> for someone that's, for someone that's beyond looking, the business, right? <laughs> yes, for someone that's looking to scale their business, what advice are you going to give? Yeah, sure. So uh, I do a ton of this, and this is kind of my, my happy place. It's talking about how to how to grow your business appropriately. So um, when I got out of King of Pop, started a, a little consulting firm. I had um, a few of my friends who were business owners who were just doing this, that. How do I grow and scale and still have a you know, somewhat of a life uh, work balance, but, but have fun with my company? So the first company I worked with was a little salad company here in town called Verde. Uh, um, great salads, um, really good people. And so we were working on one, you know, what's the vision for my company? And that's where it always starts for me. Where do I want to go and and what do I want to do with it? So figuring out where you want to take your business is a super daunting process because you're thinking about high level activities in the future and what you want to do. I mean, you're really only, uh, inhibited by what you want. So, uh, I do a lot of work with organizations figuring out where they'd like to go. What are those big, hairy, audacious goals that you want to hit? Um, and then breaking them down and figuring out how to get there. Uh, so that's that's really what I do for a living now, and it's it's super fun. But uh, it's, it's one thing to figure those things out, and they're really good tools to figure out. But then building a team in order to execute on that is really where the, the puzzle starts to get interesting and making sure the finances work and your business strategy lines up with your financial strategy, and then your people strategy fits in there as well. How do you keep everybody aligned and going in the same direction? Um, you know, is what what business is all about. And how do you how do you do that appropriately in a fun way? Well, I'm really glad that biology degree came into business <laughs> later in life. So, um, <laughs> dissecting a business, right, and really putting it back together. So, <laughs> um, so in in you know the spirit of of our show beyond the business. We've, we've done this for eight years now. Leslie and I have interviewed every walk of life of entrepreneur. And we always kind of come up with these thoughts and questions like are entrepreneurs, you know, are they born or are they made? Is it, is it nature or nurture? And we talk a lot about some of the commonalities that we hear both on positive experiences and things that they wish they could have done different. Um, with your insight, both as an entrepreneur yourself and with those that you've worked with kind of Monday morning quarterbacking, right? What would you say is some of the common mistakes you see uh, entrepreneurs make probably early on and younger entrepreneurs that you could maybe give some wisdom to our listeners that are thinking about starting a business? Sure, sure. Uh, Biggest thing people do and biggest mistake just at a very high level is uh, don't ask for help. Um, Most entrepreneurs have a a very healthy ego, if you call it that, Um, and asking for help is is a hard thing to do. You have to be in a vulnerable spot to be able to do that, Uh, but everyone needs help. So asking for help, knowing where you need that help, knowing where to to lean into your strengths and knowing where your blind spots are within an organization, 
um, or within your, your dreams or your business, um, I think it's the, the biggest thing for anybody. You know, really leveraging your network to be able to identify where you could use help um, and then capitalize and really concentrate your energy on those areas where you're really good and you have that, that, that passion, for, for lack of better words. So after the consulting, like take us through um, how everything unfolded and um, brought you to where you are right now. Sure. Yeah. So we, um, I joined up with a couple buddies who are also ex-business owners, uh, and we started this little consulting practice called People Search, uh, where it was really just helping small business owners do exactly that: figure out where they want to go, how they're going to get there, who's going to be on the team. We partnered with a group out of Boston called the, the Predictive Index, which is a behavioral assessment platform that aligns people's natural drives and and uh, aligns those with our the, the work to be done. So uh, taking kind of, again, the people that we have on our team and aligning that with what we really want to do and, and marrying those things in a, in a strong way. So uh, ran that company for two or three years. And then one of our customers, um, uh, this company called The Building People, who I'm now with, really likes what we are doing. It's like, hey, we they only almost exclusively work in the federal government uh, as, a, as a contractor. Like, we want you guys to come do this for the federal government and work for us. So um, we uh, weren't completely sure about that because, you know, you hear government and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to deal with all that red tape and bureaucracy and, and everything else. But the more we, we thought about it and got into it, the, the more fun the, the opportunity sounded like. And we really mesh well with uh, the whole group of people that we work with now. It's a really amazing company. So it's been fun. I think the, the hardest thing and the biggest decision was just, um, Leslie, I think you and I were talking about it. How am I going to work for somebody else? Right, <laughs> right. right? For, and with a company that you built from scratch, and then all of a sudden you were the boss of that company, entrepreneur, and then that same company, you're now working for someone else. I, yeah. That's I can't believe it's working. You said it's working well right now. It is. It is. Yeah. We. Uh, it's funny. I was talking with our head of HR when we were going through kind of the courting process, and and she asked me that same question. I was like, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. Um, <laughs> but uh, just stay me, out of my way, and we'll be fine. Right. <laughs> but to, to, you know, to me, after after running a few different companies. Um, if, even if you are the, the the head dog, you're always reporting to somebody, whether it's your customers or other vendors. Like you have to learn how to play play nice with others, right? And so uh, I find that um, even if you are the owner of the company, you're still beholden to someone. Um, so taking that approach um, uh, with with this new venture has been kind of my my way of, of dealing with it internally. Right. So what, what would you say has been the biggest? Um, adjustment and maybe the biggest relief uh not being at the helm sure sure well it's pretty weird getting a paycheck every friday there's just money <laughs> magically in my account <laughs> i don't know where did that come from um <laughs> uh after after years of just uh you know having to make sure that we were going to make payroll and get fit in the budget and do everything else it's um it's you got the scraps that were left over <laughs> and now yeah that's awesome <laughs> so um that was an immediate like huh this isn't too bad, I guess. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then, no, I mean, so far we're, we're only three months in, but it's been very exciting to be able to work with a, a big group of people and kind of, um, you know, I've been in pretty small business and we we built King of Pops. We'd have four or five hundred employees in the summertime, um, but uh, working with our core group was probably more like fifty people, and we have 
you have a pretty group of uh, just amazing people to work with now. So it's it's very fun to work with super high performing individuals on a on a daily basis. And so, what does your day to day look like? I uh, like what do you do? Sure, sure. Um, so, like yesterday, I spent. Uh, the morning working with the Department of Energy on uh, building out their organizational design for this one team called the um, management office where they're they're trying to combine two teams into one. So we're trying to work on how we do that appropriately and align the team with the objectives of the, the organization. So did that in the morning and then in the afternoon I worked with uh, on a hiring gig with uh, one of my other clients. Um, and then I do stuff in mergers and acquisitions from time to time. I work with a bunch of small companies around Charleston so, um, and help kind of run leadership meetings. I, it's pretty fun. I basically get to work as like a, um, like a, a fractional executive with a lot of groups. So uh, I get to make a lot of, help make a lot of high-level decisions and then um, uh, have other people do the actual work. <laughs> and then you're, you're out. <laughs> so, Andy, if you don't mind, I want to go back to the – the, the different ventures you've been a part of and you've exited all of them um, as an entrepreneur for you anyway, um, did you go into those ventures thinking you were going to exit? Cause I see so many business owners today who it's their baby and they'll never let go of their baby, right? Kind of mentality. And so what do you see as kind of the differing thought processes of that? Sure. Uh, great he's question. A love him, he's a love them and leave them kind. Haven't you seen <laughs> like all over? <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, I'm a strong believer in starting something with the end in mind. And if you're not thinking about your exit strategy, whether it's I'm going to grow this until I retire and then um, let it you know, disappear into the sunset or pass along to my kids or, or sell it, whatever that thing is, I think you should always have that end in mind. And that kind of goes back to that idea of visioning where you want to take your company. Because uh, if you don't know where you're going, how are you ever going to get there? So um, again, there's no right answer to that question, but I think starting with the end in mind is always a super important proposition and something that every business owner should, should be exploring. So what are the goals for you and your, and your, I know you're only three months into this. So where do you see this leading? I will see. We're, um, we're a pretty rapidly growing company at the moment. Uh, so we're, we're trying to get up to, um, like a hundred million dollars in the next five years or something along those lines, but grow quickly um, and figure out, you know, what, what's next. So the, the end in mind here is, you know, let's, let's play in the next five years um, and see where we go. Part of us coming on with the new company was um, getting, getting some equity in it. So uh, the, the goal is to grow and then kind of, kind of see where we go from there. So Andy, talk about, you've been around Charleston now since, uh, would you say 2011? Um, or so. Talk about what you see the landscape of, of the Lowcountry, Tri-County area when it comes to entrepreneurship. I mean, I think it's a, a great place to be a business owner. And I think the entrepreneurial spirit here is, is uh, incredibly powerful. I'm on the board of Lowcountry Local First, which is a local business advocacy group. And uh, I think that you know, people are drawn to Charleston and it's kind of part of the the DNA of the area to, to jump into small business. I may have a, um, a biased opinion on that because I've been in that realm since I've been here. Um, so I've worked with a bunch of small business owners, but I think it's a great place. It's 
very welcoming to uh, come into a spot um, and try and start something. I think there's a, a strong area to network in. There's a ton of resources. Uh, companies aren't wildly competitive, even if they are you know, competing against one another. I've found that the, the business community around here is always willing to help one another. Um, and it takes that approach of, you know, there's, there's enough for everybody to survive. And um, if you're trying to start a business, Charleston is an awesome place to do it. Yeah. What are some of the resources that maybe people don't know about that they can utilize? What are, where can people go for help in Charleston? Yeah, sure. So yeah, I mentioned um, Low Country Local Force. I'm on the board there. It's an awesome organization. I joined that organization when I was with King of Pops, like right off the bat, just as an area to network, understand one, you know, places you could sell your products, but then two, other people that you can work with. Uh, I mentioned earlier that like no one can do it on their own. So you have to have help, whether it's other companies helping you out and vendors with different aspects of your company, but having networking groups like that are amazing. We do a ton of stuff with the Chamber of Commerce as well. Um, and uh, I don't know, there's there's a ton of resources around Charleston. It's, and it's, there is, there's always more available than you think there is. Um, I know for me, I didn't realize how many resources were out there when I first got going. So tapping into some of these local business advocacy groups can really help propel you to the next stage and offer some, um, whether it's advice, resources, just know-how. There, there's a lot of that out there. And, you know, we've talked a lot about last week and this week, just the entrepreneur spirit and who you are. And you, you seem to be a pretty laid back dude, right? It seems like you just sort of navigate life. You're happy. But we all go through adversity. We all go through the challenges. You know, obviously, COVID last year was an enormous challenge. 2008. Um, how have you as a leader and an entrepreneur managed uh, those chaotic and challenging times? Sure. No, great question. Um, I am blessed with just being kind of a natural optimist. Um, I really try and find the the positive side and about everything. Uh, obviously, things are going to get hard, and uh, there's things that I don't like doing that you got to grind through. Um, I deal with stress by uh, by usually exercising and or just like beating it to a pulp. Whether it's you know a project I'm working on or a, a, a problem I'm dealing with, like how do we navigate this? And then again, asking for help and being. I think vulnerability is one of those things that um, it's getting it to be a little bit of a buzzword, but it's super important to have the humility to be able to ask for help when you're going through something tough. We're all there. We all go through it. We're all people. Um, anyone who says that they're just you know living the high life all the time, uh, I think it's just lying to themselves and everybody else around them. So just knowing that everybody's going through the same sort of things and being able to, to ask for help um, is something that we should all practice more. As a serial entrepreneur, what would you say is maybe a myth or a misconception people have about entrepreneur and entrepreneurship? So if someone is thinking about jumping off into the deep end, into the entrepreneurial waters, what's something maybe you can dispel about the whole the whole thing? Sure. Uh, so, you know, when I got into uh, running businesses, I part of the what drew me to that was like, I always thought I could do my boss's job better than they could. Um, and then you, you start doing it, and, and it's a lot of work. Um, <laughs> there's a lot that goes into it. You start, all of a sudden have a lot more respect for people who are running organizations. Um, so I think that the biggest thing is just understanding, like, it's quite the endeavor. Um, so be prepared to you know put, put your big boy pants on and be there for the long haul uh, because it's going to be hard. Um, it's not easy for anyone. So if you want to do it, make sure you're doing something that you like. 
uh, and you have resources around to be able to help you out. So you've talked a lot about um, asking for help, right? And 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 having the humility to do so. Um, you've obviously been able to acclimate and grow as an, uh, an entrepreneur over, over life, scale businesses, sell businesses. Now at the stage that you're at, do you have a group of folks that you lean to for counsel? Do you have a mentorship group you're a part of? Where do you go for your help today? Yeah, sure. I joined a group uh, about five years ago, a peer group of other business owners and leaders. Uh, it, was, it was called Vistage. It's like a yep. national group that I was a part of. Um, we split off at the beginning of this year and just uh, continued doing the, the same activities on our own. But 100%, having a peer group especially has been awesome for me. I've had mentors throughout the years as well. Uh, I mentioned my dad was a small business owner, so he's been an awesome resource for me just to bounce ideas off of and understand what's going on. But um, for me, having a peer group and a space, I always call it my business therapy. Uh, we meet once a month and process issues together and realizing that people across different industries and types of organizations are typically dealing with the same type problems. And seeing how other people can process those problems differently and creatively, um, and really a lot of times just being able to process your own issues with a group uh, is incredibly powerful. So I would highly recommend um, either starting a, a, a group like that or having some kind of a support system. Uh, but there's plenty of those types of groups that are out there that really helped me go, I think, excel a lot more than I ever could have on my own. So business doesn't happen in a vacuum. Is there a shout out to a, a, a wife or tell us about your family? How are they and how, how are they doing with the work-life balance that you've tried to create? Yeah, they're doing good. So yeah, I, my, my wife, Molly, is a, a airline pilot. Um, so she's been in the Air Force for her whole career, but just got a job with FedEx. Leslie and I were, were talking about that, having pilot spouses. Um, <laughs> So, no, she's super supportive. Um, it's, we have a really good partnership in, in how we, we navigate through our marriage. And we have two little boys. I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And balancing work and life uh, with, with those guys is uh, is easier said than done. But it's been a, it's a fun ride. Uh, little boys especially are a lot of fun. They're, they're little knuckleheads, but they're a lot of fun. So um, <laughs> I've uh, you know, been lucky enough to been, have a flexible you know, work-life balance for most of my career. Um, but, uh, it's never easy. Like, how do you do it all? Right. Um, mm -hmm. and you're always having to sacrifice something. So understanding when you're sacrificing and just being aware of that, I think is incredibly important. So, uh, we, whenever I, I always, uh, think back when, whenever I say yes to one thing, and I'm a big yes person, it's hard for me to say no to things, but whenever you're saying yes to one thing, you, you're saying no to something else. Um, so I, I think about that kind of concept a lot when I'm looking at new opportunities or thinking about doing something else or I don't want to do this for work. Um, I, well, that means I'm not doing this with, with my kids or my wife. Um, so that's one thing that I'm trying and be more and more aware of on a regular basis. You know, it's funny over the years that Leslie, I've talked about this and all of our guests, they come on with their wise counsel and talk about how they've done this and how they achieved that and how they did this. But when you get to that question about work life balance, it seems like everybody struggles a bit with that one. For and sure. it's, uh, it, to find that happy medium is, is really a challenging uh, uh, situation, I think, for all of us. Yeah, I think one, one of the things I heard uh, not too long ago, um, especially about just business ownership and entrepreneurship in general, is like there's really no balance in work and life. It's more of like work-life integration. Yeah, how, do you, how do you do those things at the same time? Because um, you pretty much have to if you're going to jump into a, a venture on your own. Uh, but how do you do that in a, in a 
positive way um, is definitely tricky. So Andy, what is one habit or something that you do every day that makes you a better entrepreneur? Is there something that you can share with our listeners on, um, you know, a good habit to get into? Sure, sure. Well, um, I'm naturally not a very disciplined person, uh, but I do realize that the power of habit. So uh, they kind of alternate, but some something either for a while it was meditating, so having personal time to kind of clear your head and and be able to um, clear things off and take a larger perspective. That's turned into journaling for me here the past year or so. Um, so checking in once daily, how you feeling, what's going on, how do you feel about what's going on around you, uh, has been a, a big habit for me just to have perspective on the day. Um, but then every every morning before I get rolling for work, I do. Uh, three gratitudes, so three things I'm grateful for and write them down, and then three big intentions for the day, so things that I just got to do. Um, and it helps me kind of kickstart and get going because we all have those days where it's just, I'm busy all day, but I don't get anything done. So making sure I have a, a intentions throughout the day is important to me. I love that. Yeah, I need to, great. I definitely need to adopt that because I, yes, there are some days I'm just like, what happened? I got nothing done, but I was so busy. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely won't be journaling this week because I can't put those kind of words in a book. So uh, <laughs> sometimes you might just have to skip that process. So, um, well, Andy, as we're running out of time today, we always love to end our session. If we have the time to do uh, what we call the lightning round, Leslie is really good at teeing this up. And so I'm going to turn it over to her. I'm going to fire some questions off at you just so we can get a flavor for who Andy is. Um, best movie of all times, in your opinion. Best movie of all time. I was talking about this a lot last week. I'd say uh, one of the top of the list, and my, my son's name is Bodie. I'm a really big fan of Point, point Break. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Oh, the best book you've ever read. Best book. Um, I'll do a recent book. I just got done reading uh, To Kill a Mockingbird again for the first time in a long time. It's an excellent book. Wow. A, a, a hidden talent most people don't know you have. Hidden talent. Um, let's see. Oh, that's a tough one. Leslie, you're opening your game on these questions. <laughs> uh, I can grow a uh, a mustache in no time. Two weeks. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> and um, where would we find you on your perfect day off? Perfect day off, uh, either at the beach or in the mountains with the family and friends. The number one thing on your bucket list. Uh, you've traveled the world. I can't even imagine. What's what's that one thing? Uh, oh, man. I just did a big session where we came up with like 50 different bucket list items. Um, but one on top of the list right now is um, uh, I just got done hiking the first three days of the Appalachian Trail a couple weeks ago. And bucket list is to do the whole thing in the next 10, 15 years. Awesome. Andy McCarthy, Director of Organizational Design for The Building People. We really appreciate and value your time and your story. Thank you for being on Beyond the Business. You got it. Really fun talking to you guys. And until next week, Low Country, have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business, brought to you by the College of Charleston School of Business. The College of Charleston School of Business, where students are beyond ready to work, they're ready to make an impact. Tune in next Saturday morning at 9 for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 943 WSC. 
The College of Charleston School of Business is recognized among the top 30 colleges for studying business abroad by the Business Research Guide. With nine undergraduate majors, 10 minors, and six concentration areas, an honors program in business, and master's programs in business and accountancy, the College of Charleston School of Business has more than 3,000 students enrolled. Their students are ready to work, and they're ready to make an impact. For more info, visit sb.cfc.edu.